Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yes. How are you ladies doing this morning? I hope you're having a great day so far. Welcome to the Dr. Daff Show. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Daff, and I do have some really good news for you. We are in the month of February, which here in the U.S. is the month of love because of Valentine's Day. And so I thought it would be really nice to announce this now since Valentine's Day is this week that I am going to be releasing all of the content of Fascinating Womanhood to my entire audience. This is my gift of love to you because I have heard from many of you ladies saying that you live in other countries where you're not able to subscribe even though you really want to or you're really struggling financially right now and you just really want this information but you can't afford the subscription or you know just all the different reasons behind it and the Lord is the one who really put it on my heart to allow this particular series to be available to everyone. So if you've been praying to God or asking God, listen, he heard you. He heard you. So I'm going to be releasing all of the ones that I had for subscribers only. Now you can go ahead and listen to those episodes, um, including this one. And moving forward, they'll all be available. I am pausing subscriptions for now because of the different issues that people have in different countries. I kind of want to wait until I can figure out what I can do to make sure it's available to everyone. And if it's not on this particular platform, then it can be on something different. I'm still working out those quirks. Um, but in the meantime, I have something special for my subscribers. I will have a podcast coming out for you ladies specifying what I have for you. Even though it is ending 
it doesn't end until I think about a month from now. So I do have something for you ladies because I appreciate your support so much. And I appreciate the fact that you were willing to be an exclusive subscriber and you did it, you know, so swiftly and willingly. That really did mean a lot to me. So I do want to bless you. So I have something special for you as well. But as for now, subscriptions are cut off so you can no longer subscribe once they reopen or if I do something differently, I will let you all know. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you all so much. and I want your love life to be blessed. I want your marriages to be blessed. If you want to be married one day, I want you to be prepared for that. This book is such a beautiful book for helping you in these areas. So I thank God for putting it on my heart to allow it to be open to everyone. And with that, go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, get something to write with, and let's talk about this. So we're reading from Fascinating Womanhood, How the Ideal Woman Awakens a Man's Deepest Love and Tenderness. And today we're talking about changing a man and when you should change him, when it's actually necessary and okay for you to change your man. Now, we talked a lot about how men have different quirks and different behaviors and different things about themselves that you probably don't like and you really do want to change and how accepting your man as who he is at face value is the best way to be able to have a marriage where you live in harmony. But there are things in this world that need to be addressed. There are things in your marriage that are absolute red flags, no-nos, unacceptable. And those things do need you to step in and say something or do something. So I want to talk about what those things are because this is actually really serious. There are so many people who are impacted by the behaviors of their husbands in ways that can ruin them forever, ways that can harm their children, ways that can even lead to death. And that can never be your story. I don't ever want you to accept these behaviors because they are unacceptable. And before you can love anyone, you have to love yourself first. Self-love truly is the only way you can love. If you can't love yourself, then you actually can't love anyone. When you say that you love people, it's not true. If you don't love yourself, you don't even know what it is. You have to love yourself first in order to be able to give love. And that's why God always tells us to love him, love God, then love yourself, then love others. He asks as a commandment that you love your neighbor as yourself. That means that you love yourself first so that you can love your neighbor as yourself the same way you would love yourself. But if you don't love yourself, then how can you love them the same way that you love yourself? God needs you to love yourself first because that's the foundation. So if you love yourself, then you should not be accepting any of these things. And we're going to talk about what those things are. So I want you to go ahead and sit back, relax, get something to drink, get something to write with. And let's talk about this. Should I ever try to change him? First, let it be said that any time a woman can change or improve a man for the better without causing marriage problems, there is nothing wrong with doing so. But as we've learned, this is difficult to do. 
men resist change and it usually causes serious marital problems and in many cases, marriage failures. So when you attempt to change a man in any way, always tread lightly. Be prepared for his stubborn resistance, problems in your marriage relationship, and even cold feelings. Make sure your efforts to change him would be worth the loss. And that's why these are going to be things that are hard hitters, because it has to be worth the loss of these things in your mind. It's like, okay, he's not going to be touching me, telling me he loves me, being all close to me. That's fine, because this has to change. Okay, it needs to be worth it. So one of the parameters of wanting to change a man should be when he's blind to his own faults. Okay, when he's actually blind to what he's doing. Sometimes a man's faults bring him serious problems or even failure. When he is blind to these faults, he has no insight to understand his problems or correct them. So sometimes men are actually really like they're really blind to their behavior. They have no idea. No one's ever told them. No one's ever taken the time to point these things out. And it's harming him maybe in his career or you're realizing that he loses all his friends. There's someone that I know in my family where he literally has no friends. And this is a grown man. But every time like he's introduced us to people, brought people around, they're always fighting. And the next time I see see him, that person's no longer his friend. And I'm like, where are all your friends? He's lost them all because of his behavior. And I know no one has really told him what it is that he's doing because they don't want to deal with his wrath. But it, clearly there's a serious problem. But what if he was doing this at work? Well, he actually was doing this at work. Like he was acting the same way at work and that's why he was never getting promoted. And he was in the same position for so many years. No promotions, no raises, no recognitions because of his attitude. And that needed to be addressed because I don't think that he realized that he was this way. So this is something that some people do need that mirror to their face because they actually don't realize that they're the way that they are. You'll see some men who are actually self-aware and they'll say like, yeah, I know, I know I'm like this, but I don't care. Like, this is how I am. You know how I am. And they, they know themselves. They know what they're doing. But this is more so for the people who don't know, especially if you have a husband who has Asperger's or he's highly functioning. They got rid of that term. If he has autism and he's a high functioning, if he's on the autism spectrum, you may not even know what that is if you're not someone who's familiar with this. But these are the men who are quirky, who are a little bit odd, a little bit off in social ways. They're usually very intelligent, highly intelligent men. But when it comes to social skills, conversations, like they don't know when to stop talking. They don't know when someone's completely uninterested. They struggle with like eye, eye contact or just cues, social cues. And just because they struggle in these areas does not necessarily mean they have autism. When a man has autism, you will describe them as a a little bit odd, a little bit quirky, a little little weird, right? It's like there's just something weird, but not weird in a creepy way. Like it's not weird where it's like stay away from this person. They seem like they're satanic or they're like predators. Not that kind of weird. Weird just like They want to be right, but they're just off. 
that kind of weird. That's the best way I can explain it to someone who actually has no idea what it looks like to see a person who has autism. If you are aware, then you know what the real um, issues are. But for the outsiders looking in, they're usually described as just being a little bit odd. But they're, you know, some of the sweetest, nicest men ever. And if you understand them and you love them, they love you. They're so appreciative for someone who's willing to accept them for who they are and not try to change them. But it doesn't mean that they don't still have these quirks that are affecting them in other areas of their life and they need it pointed out to them. So this is really important if you have a man like this. You just have to do it in such a loving, caring way so that you don't hurt their feelings. So in waking up the man who is blind to himself, keep in mind that you accept him. This is kind of what I was saying. You accept him. It's the world that doesn't. There's a difference, okay? So you're letting him know that you love him, you accept him, you get him, but just know everyone else doesn't. And that's what you're sort of trying to project to him. So in talking to him, don't refer to his failures directly. Instead, focus on the success that lies just ahead. Assure him that if he would make these changes, he would be much more successful and people would begin to esteem him for his true worth. Once you've opened his eyes, don't persist on the matter, okay? If he continues to make the same mistakes, fully aware of them, allow him this freedom. All you're doing is bringing awareness, awareness to the situation for him so he knows what's going on. But don't try to hammer it in. Don't be like, oh, see, 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 that, that, that's what I was talking about right there. That, 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 that's what I'm talking about. Don't do that. Just explain to him, give him an example and let it go. And pray for him. Ask God to start highlighting it to him and showing him. And when you're doing this, it is necessary that you remain in your feminine. When you're correcting him, when you're showing him these things about himself, stay in your feminine. Do it in a feminine way. So what I mean by that is don't act like you know more about his business than he does. The things that you are correcting him on whether it's like socially don't act like you're a know-it-all like you have all the answers you understand his line of work you're the authority in whatever that area is also don't do it in a motherly way you're not his mother so you're not scolding him you're not becoming his teacher you're also not talking to him like a buddy like man to man you know it's not like you're gonna just approach him like, hey, dude, so here's how it's done. You're doing it in a feminine way. And she's going to talk later on in another chapter about how to give advice in a feminine way. So she is going to go more in detail, but just keeping it in mind when you're doing it that you're remaining his beautiful, lovely, feminine wife. You're speaking to him with gentleness and with care and with love, and you're not approaching him in a way where you are on opposite ends, on different sides, on opposing teams. You're on the same team. You are one with one another. So another area that's absolutely necessary for you to speak up on when it's happening is when he is abusive to his children. Okay, this is one of those areas that, again, is completely unacceptable to turn the other way, to think that this is his way of disciplining them. There is a fine line between discipline and abuse. There is a fine line and it's something 
that if you feel like you need like someone to explicitly tell you, okay, how many spanks, how many, you know, um, hits, what is considered abuse, that information can be found online. But I would say discipline, there is a sense of punishment in a way where maybe they are giving them a spanking, but it's not in a way where this man is trying to hurt this child. This is something I feel like you can pick up even spiritually. Like as they are disciplining that child, you can sense when it turns from discipline to abuse, when it starts turning evil, there is something God has put inside all of us to be able to know the difference and you can feel it when it's gone too far. And your children will be able to show that. I mean, if this man is hurting your children, if he's beating them when he gets upset, when they didn't do anything wrong, or when they're doing something that does not call for the level of discipline that he's giving them. This is not just physical discipline, okay? This is harsh words, depreciating remarks. These things can really affect your children's self-esteem. It can destroy them. It can ruin them. This can affect their entire life. And these things, when done in childhood after the age of three, these things can also cause severe mental illnesses. So you're dealing with serious, serious things. This is not an area to play with. So when your husband is doing things that are cruel or unjust punishment, mental punishment, physical punishment, any kind of endangering the child, it is not okay ever for your husband to injure your child. If that discipline turns into an injury, whether it's a bruise, a cut, a broken tooth, a broken bone, anything that is considered an injury of any sort, that has turned into violence. That is no longer a punishment. And that is unacceptable. It is not okay for you to watch that happen. It is not okay for you to accept that as a man's job to discipline his son. It's not okay. There is a fine line and you are responsible. You are responsible as that child's mother, stepmother. You are responsible for what happens to that child. Doing nothing, being quiet about it, being in your feminine, that is participation. That is you condoning and saying it's okay. You are part of it. You are an accomplice. You are no better than he is if you watch it happen. You have to speak out and speak out boldly when these things are happening. Okay, this is not something you wait around for to see if he's going to change either. After it's happened once, it needs to be talked about immediately. You are 100% in your right to do this. And he knows too. He knows what he's doing. If he's drinking or on drugs, he knows. He knows his behaviors are unacceptable. And it doesn't help that you're allowing it either. That doesn't help how he sees you. Because even if someone's doing something wrong, they still expect you to be upright and will be very surprised if you don't say anything. And in the book, she says that one day he will even thank you for it. One day when, when God opens up his eyes to see the harm that he's done, because when people are doing things like this, they're blind. They're blind to their own faults. They don't know what they're doing. I'm not saying they don't know what they're doing in a sense of like they are ignorant to what they're doing. What I'm saying is they don't know how deep seated the things that they are doing are. They don't know how evil it is. They don't have that revelation. But once God gives them that revelation, they are always repentant. But you're not going to wait around for that. You're not waiting around for him to feel sorry and to feel bad about it. 
you have to take yourself and your children out of that situation. So she's saying in the book, I'm not referring here to a man who is merely firmly disciplining his children. This is a masculine tendency, which should be respected. Children tend to respect a firm father and love him more because of his firm training. So being firm is different than being violent and abusive. And it's always best for the children to feel their mother's support of the father's authority and the united front of their parents. But when a father goes too far, when he depreciates a child with harsh, cruel words, or when his punishment is unjust, or he resorts to belts, buckles, boards, or anything that would injure a child in body or in spirit, you have a moral obligation to take a stand. And if he will not listen to reason, take the children out of the house and remain away until all danger is past. Do not judge him or condemn him for his actions. Be firm, but kind, letting him know that you are doing it for the protection of the children. Your firm, but kind attitude accentuated by your actions may humble him and bring him to repentance. And of course, prayer, praying for help, praying to God for wisdom, for guidance, for support, for people to pour into your life, for people to offer resources, for whoever you know you have in your life to say, yes, you can come stay with us or someone give you money to be able to get a hotel or do whatever you need to do until you feel safe. Okay, so this is a really serious one. I don't want you to take this one lightly. I've re- received uh, messages and emails from women who are actually in abusive relationships and truly don't know if it's okay for them to stay in it. So this is not something I want to take lightly and just think everyone should know by now that you shouldn't be with someone who's hitting or hurting you. It's not true. Everyone does not know that. And we are human. So when we're in relationships and we're in love and we're hoping for the best and hoping things will change and when we feel like we know the guy and we understand why he's like this, we make excuses and we let things go on far too long. But this is something that as a woman, as a feminine woman, should already be in your spirit. You should have a sensitivity to evil. And once you feel that, act on it. This is you being true to yourself. This is you honoring your own emotions, your own feelings, your integrity. All of that comes from you listening to what's going on inside of you when you know something is not right. I do not want you to take this one lightly. If he is abusive to his children, leave. Another area is when there are things that you cannot live with. Okay, so there are some things that he may do that just literally make you miserable. They make your life miserable. They may be little things that irritate you and get on your nerves, but they really do make your life miserable. And this is different for all of us. We all have different things that can really get under our skin. So this is one of those areas where, yes, you will need to go ahead and let him know in a feminine way. And hopefully he will honor and respect that or even remember to do these things and make a change. So when these things are going on, if he's doing things that you just literally cannot live with, there are things that you can live with and you don't want to live with. But I'm talking about the things where it is just making you sick. Okay, you cannot handle it. And again, this can be something really minor. It doesn't have to be anything major. It could be that his snoring is so intense 
and severe that you actually just cannot sleep. And this is actually becoming a serious problem for you. You can't sleep with him anymore because it's chaotic in the bed. His snoring is too loud. So something as simple as that is actually not that simple, right? What she says is to tell him what you expect of him. When he does something to irritate you, don't criticize him. Instead, use a positive approach. Tell him what you expect of him. First, say something like this. I expect more of a man such as you, or you can do better than this. These statements suggest that you have a high opinion of him. He is not measuring up to. Okay, you can spell out exactly what you expect of him. So, okay, this is, the snoring thing is separate from this, but of course this applies to everything. But let's just say, let's use the snoring example since I already started using it. Let's say there's a reason maybe behind this snoring thing and he needs to just go to the doctor and get it checked out. So maybe it can be fixed and you can sleep in the same bed again and enjoy yourself. And maybe he's being really stubborn, doesn't want to go, doesn't want to deal with it. This is when you tell him what you expect of him. You know, you can tell him like, honey, I would expect you to be someone who cares about your health. You're such an honorable person in all aspects of your health. I would expect you to actually care about what's going on with your nose, with your breathing. Right. So it's like things of that nature where you're spelling it out, but you're also making him feel honorable at the same time and going from there. And the second way is to also tell him with a feminine appeal. So you can approach him in a feminine way. And this is one of the ways that I like to do it (laughs) is asking things like, would you consider, babe, would you consider going to the doctor to check your nose out? Or it would help me so much if you would do this. And I'll be honest, like sometimes when I do stuff like this, it does not always work depending on what it is I'm asking for, depending on how busy my husband is at the time, depending on whether it's something that he really just needs to make a habit of, something he's just not used to doing and he just has to keep practicing and practicing to make it a habit. So it may not be automatic, but the consistency of you just doing it over and over, even if you feel like you're bothering him. Again, these are things that you're saying that you truly cannot live with. So you approaching him in a really soft, sweet, feminine way over and over and over will hopefully build that repetition for him. And with this, the tone of your voice is really going to be the key. Even what you're saying, like, would you consider, it would help me a lot if you would do this. It would mean so much to me if you could do this, right? Okay, so I changed my voice to say that, right? I kind of made a little bit more high-pitched, a little bit more sweet. So you can do that, but it's all about the tone. It's all about whether or not he can sense the sweetness. Can he sense the sweetness in your voice? That sweetness is what is going to drive the conversation. So you can still say, hey, babe, would you consider um, taking the trash out on Sundays? Or you can say, hey, babe. Would you consider taking the trash out on Sundays? So I'm saying the same thing, but adding that sweetness that he can sense is really what's going to make all the difference. And that comes with the tone of your voice. But if you are a selfish, nagging, or unfeminine woman, or you fail to make a comfortable home life for him, he's probably not going to respond to this method at all. You have to stay on feminine. You have to stay on feminine. And yes, trying to balance these areas will make it more likely for him to agree when there's something that you need. Now let's talk about some special problems. So these are occasions where 
You're not necessarily trying to change him, but you have to respond to some of his faults in a certain way. For example, when he mistreats you. Okay, this is something that's happening, right? This is not who he is. This is how he's choosing to behave. When he mistreats you, this is something that is a special problem. And you have to figure out how you're going to address this because this is not something you should just allow and accept him for. You're accepting him for who he is as a person, but that does not mean you're going to accept the way he treats you if he's treating you differently than you want to be treated. Those are different boundaries. There is a line drawn in the sand for him and for you. He can be him and be loved, but you must be loved the way you expect to be loved. So when a man is thoughtless, unfair, insulting, harsh, or critical. These are flaws and they're human frailties, but you do need to respond to his mistreatment in the right way. Okay, you're not going to be a doormat. You're not going to shrink back and act wounded or retreat behind your shell. You need to have self-dignity, stand up to him, and he will love you more because of it. And this is something where you really do have to have that inner strength and that confidence that you can express yourself to him and you are in your right to because he is wrong. He is wrong. What he did was wrong. If your husband, for example, yells at you and just lashes out on you in a crazy way, right? And you're like, what the heck? Maybe he had a really busy day or something really crazy happened and he's taking it out on you. When he screams at you all crazy like that, you wait and you say, okay, you let him have that moment, right? Let him have the moment. And later on that evening, after you made him his dinner and everything and all that, and he's cooled down, you walk up to that man and you say, and listen, babe, don't you ever talk to me like that again. I will not tolerate you yelling at me. That is unacceptable. Good night. But you must address it, okay? However you do it, depending on your personality, your husband's personality, but they do have to see a switch up. They have to know you are capable of defending yourself, of standing up for your dignity. They don't want some woman who's gonna let them walk all over them and you should not want to be that kind of a woman. I know it takes you being brave, but this is where you have to be if you're gonna be in a marriage that lasts, that you are happy in. You have to feel comfortable standing up to your husband when you're well in your right to do so especially if you feel safe with your husband. If you don't feel safe with your husband, then you probably need to go to therapy. You need to talk to God. You need to figure out what's happening in that marriage in order to even gain safety because you want to be safe first. If your husband is unhinged, then I I would not want you even to be with him until he can get his act together. I don't want you becoming hurt or anything like that. But you do need to show him where, where you stand. If he's drunk all the time, then do it when he's sober. Don't do it when he's drunk because then you risk yourself being harmed. Use wisdom. Ask God for the perfect time. And then you say what you need to say because he knows he's wrong. He knows he's wrong. Also, when he's doing something wrong, sometimes a man does something that's morally wrong, dishonest, unjust, deceitful, cruel, sinful. Don't overlook it. If you know that he took $10,000 from his job because he needed it and you're aware of it, don't just overlook that. That's a character flaw. He expects you to be better than him anyway. 
and he knows that you know this and you don't say anything, that actually disappoints him, okay? He wants you to hold on to your ideals and your standards, even under trying circumstances. Don't side with him. You say, no, babe, that was wrong. That was wrong. Think so highly of him that when he does something like that, you just can't accept it. If he tells you a story about something and he tells you that this person asked for him for help and he was like, no, nah, I got my own things to worry about. And you think that that was wrong? You say, mm, babe, that was kind of harsh. That's, no, I don't, I don't agree with that, babe. You need to let him know that you don't agree when he does something that's blatantly wrong. Okay. And the best way to do this is by showing reluctance that you even believe it. Like <laughs> you need to let him know that you like you really, Hmm. really, I can't really imagine you doing that. Babe, you're normally not like that. That's kind of weird. So you're showing reluctance that you even see him as a kind of man that would be able to do something like that. Let him know that you think whatever he's doing is very contrary to his true nature. So you must be immensely disappointed at his temporary lapse, but your faith on his better side must be unshaken. Now let's talk about the alcoholic husband. Hmm. And don't think just because your husband is not an alcoholic that he can't become one. If your husband is susceptible to drinking and susceptible to any kind of addictive behaviors, it's on the table. It's on the table because the enemy will take one little thing and he will hold on to it until it turns into something bigger. So you have to nip it in the bud. If you see your husband drinks, okay, one drink can turn into two, can turn into three, can turn into four. He can start bringing alcohol home, hiding alcohol, going out too much. I mean, it's one of those things that just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows, especially if you drink too, because that makes it harder because you're, you're kind of in it with him in a way, even if he drinks more than you. So this is a, a very tricky situation with alcohol. But if your husband is truly an alcoholic, I'm not talking about someone who maybe just drinks a little bit more than he should from time to time. I'm talking about someone who is dependent on alcohol, coming home drunk every day, smelling like liquor, spending all his money drinking, needs to be drunk to focus, to function. Alcoholism is difficult to accept. And this is not one of the things, this is not one of those things that you should just accept and think, okay, this is just what it is. But it's difficult to accept due to related problems that come with it, like squandering all the money, ugliness of disposition, dishonesty, unreliability, other women, the deterioration of the home. Women almost despair over this problem. They ask, how can I accept what he has done to our life? Well, she talks about some ways to kind of understand and gain empathy for him. So she talks about alcoholism being one of the most difficult weaknesses to overcome. And in order to gain some sympathy, she says once a month, fast for three days straight, going without any food or any drink except for water or give up coffee, sweets, or any binding habit. And then you will soon get a picture to a slight degree of what you can expect of him. Next, gain some humility. Take a look at your reactions to his problem. Though you've known better, you've probably yelled, nagged, insulted, and abused him for the mess that he's made of your life. When he drinks, you've had a bad attitude 
lost patience, and exploded. What about your other failings? Are you a good mother? Are you a good homemaker? Hmm? Do you keep all the precepts of your religion? Hmm? Or do you just try and fail and fail again and fail again? So she's just saying this to give you an idea of how you can gain some empathy for his behavior. It's not something that you should just sit back and accept, but she does want you to understand that this is an illness. This is a sickness and this is a demonic stronghold. It's more than just a sickness and an illness. It's something that is very deep seated. And with this, my advice is prayer and fasting. Even though she talks about fasting, like um, just do it just to see how it feels for him to go through what he's going through. I say fast for him, fast for your husband. You have no idea how powerful it is when you fast for your husband. You will break chains off of him. If you can muster it medically, talk to your doctor first. Fast for three days. Like she said, no food, no water. (laughs) Actually, you can have water. No food, no water is a little bit too intense. But no food, no drinks, just water for three days. And pray. You're not just dieting. You are praying the whole time about breaking this chain off of him. You do it and you tell me what happens. Because I have never seen a situation where nothing happened. These are demonic strongholds and they take a lot. They take the power. Yes, the power of God can completely wipe this out. A hundred percent. But you still have that dynamic of the person possibly going back into the lifestyle because of friendships, because of other issues that they have that alcohol solve for them. And unless they have something to replace it with, they can easily go back into it. So the fast is not going to completely eradicate it if you don't have other things that can help your husband to stay on the straight and narrow. But if you are in a continual habit of fasting for your husband in this area, you will see a change. You will see a change fasting and praying for him while doing what you need to do on your end to maintain your sanity, your peace and the home and the children. Again, if there's other issues like abuse going on, there's no, I will never say stay. Like there's no reason that you should stay. But if he is not being abusive, but he is, you know, just doing all this other stuff that I mentioned, then your prayers and your patience is really what's going to drive it. And it's too bad. Like I I hate this and I don't want anyone to live with this kind of thing. It's awful. But this is why I urge, 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 urge women to be very careful when dating, to look at these things, these men who want to take you on dates to bars. When you see that this guy likes drinking, don't just pass it off as nothing. Realize that any little thing that they are doing can turn into a bigger problem for you at some point. This is something to really pay attention to and not take lightly. It's better to deal with it on the front end and just have a man who doesn't drink. Then you never have this issue. (laughs) But alcoholism is so pervasive and prevalent in our society, not just with men, with women as well. And I have dealt with this issue on my side of the family. And it's so ugly. It's so ugly. 
and it really is hard for these people. But I've seen the power of my prayers with family members who have struggled with this addiction, and I have seen a major change. And mind you, I wasn't going like three days without eating. I wasn't even going on these intense prayers and fasts. I was just continuously praying for this person when I would pray. And I wasn't letting up on this. And I was asking God to really intervene in her life. And he did. And so this is not something to play around with. It's something to take very seriously. But just know that it's not for nothing. It's not for nothing. There will be a change because if you use the word of God, God is faithful. Another area that she talks about is other women. If you have a husband who's committing adultery, a husband who is not being faithful to you, who is with other women, you have the right to expect fidelity in your marriage and financial support. If your husband is involved with another woman, deal with it in the following way. She says, this is her, okay, this is not me. (laughs) This is her. She says, first ask yourself, if you did anything to drive him away. This may be a hurtful question for you if the answer is yes, but this is a question you must ask yourself. Did you do anything that would drive him away? Be honest. And I know, again, this is tough, but take measures to correct whatever you're doing as a means of winning him back. If you notice that he has been lingering off. Maybe he hasn't actually committed adultery yet, but you just notice that there's some funny business happening. Start correcting your wrongs. Don't become prideful and say, okay, well, if he wants her, then no, you start fixing what's wrong because whatever is wrong in the marriage is still wrong. And it needs to be fixed if it's something that you're doing. If you notice that you're not sleeping with him anymore, if you notice that you're always negative around him and saying things that bring him down and he doesn't feel like the man around you. When you notice that you don't spend time with him in general anymore, you're so busy with your job, with your business, with all these things, you don't take your relationship with him as something that's a priority. And this is different for every relationship. I don't know what it is with you. These are just examples of things that are common. But you take measures to correct whatever you're doing to get him back. I've seen this happen with couples where the husband, the wife is really busy with her business or whatever, and the husband is not involved in it, or the husband is a stay-at-home dad and the wife is the one that's working and he's sleeping with, you know, the moms at the park and all that kind of stuff. Are you in your marriage? Are you there? Are you even blind? Maybe some of this stuff has been happening under your nose and you didn't even notice because you're so busy or you're so uninterested in your marriage. In the book, she says that when you have eliminated your mistakes and become a wonderful wife, if he continues immoral practices, it's time to bring him to a showdown. State clearly but firmly that he will have a choice to make, that if he doesn't give her up, you will leave him. Be prepared to keep your word. And in the Bible, this is the one reason that the Lord gives you as means and grounds for a divorce sexual immorality. If this man is sleeping with another woman, this gives you access in terms of your relationship with God to exit, okay, without any condemnation on your part. Obviously, you don't want to just throw your marriage away for this. This is something that can be fixed, but you have to be able to fix the issues on your end and be very clear with your husband. Do not allow him to have this other woman and you. Don't knowingly accept it. It's unacceptable. Also, don't condemn him. His sin is an addicting weakness, difficult to overcome. After you've left him, 
Try to win him away from the other woman. Okay, you have a moral obligation to do so. For as long as he lives in sin, he is on his way to destruction. But winning him back, you save not only a marriage, but his soul. And this is really important too. I mean, if you are separated from him because he's doing this awful stuff, you can, this is still your husband. He's yours. This other woman is a seed from Satan. This is a destruction of a marriage that is evil. It's not of God. And it's a, and it's a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face to you and to God in this covenantal marriage. And so don't think that you don't have the right to stay and try to work things out. When I say stay, it doesn't mean that you're actually in the same home, but you're still trying to work it out with him and not just going to allow this woman to just take him. Absolutely not. And thank God you doing this can, again, bring him to repentance where he's able to see his faults and he can actually give his life to Jesus and be saved, which is even more important than the marriage. Also, she talks about non-support. So the second thing you can expect in marriage is financial support. This means an income to cover the necessities and a dwelling place. If your husband is disabled or cannot find work, then cheerfully adapt to circumstances until solutions can be worked out. But if he is an able-bodied man, physically and mentally, and refuses to work or take responsibility for providing the income, There is justification for action. And if you ladies are dating a man, you're not married to him, you are dating a man who does not have a job, this is not acceptable. You are not his mother. If he's living with you and benefiting off of your everything and not providing for you, this is unacceptable. This is the kind of behavior that leaves you in shambles down the road. But if you're married, obviously you're not going to allow your children to just be hungry and have nothing while your husband sits on the couch, eating chips, watching TV, scrolling through Instagram. You're going to have to do what you have to do and work so that your children can eat. Or maybe you'll turn to charity for some help. But if this is the case, you should ask your husband to leave. Why is he why is he living there? No, he needs to leave and not return until he provides an income. If you don't, if you allow him to remain, you will increase the problem. He will be removed from his responsibility, will become accustomed to your income, and you may be stuck with the job for life. Another solution is for you to move out. Okay, you can move out and take your children with you. Then she also talks about the perfect background. So If you come from an ideal home where your father was the perfect father, the family was perfect, you went on outings together, there were no money issues, this could be a problem because you may try to make your husband fit into your mold if you do not marry a man who is equally financially stable and you may expect too much of him and this could actually cause your marriage to split because you think that he's not doing enough because of what you're used to. And it's not your fault that you had such a beautiful life, but then you need to make sure you marry a man who understands where you came from and can provide you those same things. Don't get mad if he can't or if he won't because those are not his values. You need to accept his background along with everything else. And when you do, 
Then he'll be more open to working on things together. Now, acceptance is not easy. So when she says that she teaches you to accept your husband at face value, she's not asking for you to do something easy. Some women have found it so difficult that they've given up trying. Try to understand that any advancement to a better, happier life is difficult. I was in the theater the other day watching The Chosen, the movie about the life of Jesus. I don't know if you watch the show The Chosen, but it's my favorite show. They're in theaters right now. And so I was watching it. And one of the lines that Jesus says in the movie, and I think he said it on other episodes, is, are you ready to do hard things? And that just really stuck into my soul. Like that really is the life of following Jesus. Are you ready to do hard things? And it's also the very thing that comes into play when you get married. Are you ready to do hard things? That's what you need to actually ask yourself the moment you get that engagement ring. Are you ready to do hard things? These things are hard, but this is what helps the marriage to last and be fruitful. So try to understand that any advancement to a better, happier life is difficult. For example, living the Christian religion is not easy. You are taught to love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and try to become perfect. A devout Christian does not set aside these goals because they are difficult. Okay, the Lord says, be perfect for I am perfect. But it doesn't mean that you just give up and say, oh, I can't do it. It's too hard. No, you keep on trying. And it's the same with your marriage. But the beautiful thing is that there are rewards to this. She says, I can promise you tremendous rewards if you accept your husband at face value. The response in your husband will likely be moving. For years, he may have suffered the plaguing thought that you are dissatisfied with him. But your assurance that you accept him as he is will remove any doubts from his mind and come as a relief. His appreciation for you and his tender response can be earth-shaking, as in some of the following experiences. And when you are listening to this content, when we're talking about this, you being one of my personal subscribers, getting this exclusive information, I'm hoping and praying that this is one of the reasons because you really want your marriage to work. You really sincerely want a brand new marriage. Who wouldn't want a brand new marriage? It's so exciting to first get married and have this life ahead of you. But once things get rolling, we get into this cycle, this monotonous pattern of the same old thing. But if the things in your marriage could drastically change for you completely today, wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want to lay aside all of the issues and just start over with the same person you're with on a clean slate? You can have that. The Lord heals marriages. Jesus heals marriages. He doesn't just heal bodies. He heals everything in your life. He heals your finances. He heals your relationships. And he heals marriages. You can have a brand new marriage and I want you to. I want you to. But one of the ways that you can really start to change your marriage is to take a step back, have some humility, accept your husband for who he is, Stand up for what you need to stand up for and take time to pray and fast for your marriage and for your husband.
This is one of the testimonials. She has a lot of them, but um, I want to read this one to you because I do think this one's powerful. When I was 27, I married a 34-year-old bachelor, a rough, tough naval officer. And for the next 27 years, he remained rough and tough. I leaned over backwards, trying to change him into the tender, loving husband. Nothing worked. All through his naval career, he was spit and polished. He looked like a million bucks. A few years ago, he retired from the Navy, and he also retired from the spit and polish. He would go for days without shaving. When we were invited to a dinner party, he could care less about what he put on. Slightly soiled trousers, a wrinkled shirt, and I would become embarrassed to death. If I said, honey, why don't you put on those dark blue slacks or clean? The fight would be on. He would bristle, threaten not to go, and I would back down. We'd go and both be miserable. After a few years, I changed tactics. I learned to give him that look with a significant sigh, but it didn't change a thing. Then a miracle happened. I took the course called Fascinating Womanhood. I was in a traumatic shock over how wrong I'd been in my attitudes and responses. During the second lecture, the teacher spent two hours talking about the futility of trying to change a man and the wisdom of accepting him just as he is. And suddenly it hit me. My husband is an adult, a highly intelligent man capable of making his own decisions, a naval officer for years. When I changed my attitude, the miracle happened. I finally realized I had been more concerned about what others would think and say than my husband's happiness. On my way home, I determined to never again offer suggestions about what he would wear unless he asked and to not let it bother me. You cannot imagine when a load has fallen off of my shoulders since I stepped out of my role as my husband's chief advisor. Now, my man's happiness and comfort are 10 million times more important than what the Joneses say or the Kardashians or think. It has changed our going out together from a time of tension and unhappiness to a time of real enjoyment. Today, he is a tender, loving husband, but never changed when I tried to change him. When I stopped trying to change him and started working on me, he changed in response to the change in me. Never in 28 years had my husband given me an anniversary present. But on our 29th, we were in Mexico City. He woke me up at dawn and said, you know, you know, love, we've got a brand new marriage on our hands. And he gave me a diamond wedding band. Don't tell me fascinating womanhood doesn't work. I thought that was a really beautiful, powerful testimony on how these things really can impact your marriage. And I pray that the Lord just touches your marriage. I pray that he heals every broken part of your home. I pray that he allows you to have the strength to rely on him, to trust him with your marriage, to trust him with all of the hurt and the pain that you have towards your husband. Release it to him so that he may help you. And I pray that your marriage just abounds in love and joy and peace and fruits all the days of your life. And I thank you so much for spending time with me. And until next time, remember that in all things you do, make a feminine impression. Bye-bye.